0: Okay, well, welcome back. I'm here with Joe Jackaloni, And uh, Joe, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, my name is Joe um, I My earliest memory of Star Wars is going to go see episode three with my dad in the movie theaters. And bawling my eyes out when Mace Windu dies. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But, um, and I think as I've gotten older, I've just realized how much of it, um, is relatable as adults. Definitely. We can, we all can learn something from it. And I think that I take away a lot more from it and the story than I did when I was a kid. And I'm very grateful for that. Um... I consider myself a spiritual person. Um, still working on a label. <laughs> I definitely have a Christian background. Um, as I've gotten older and, and dealt with some of the things, I definitely still believe in a God and have a spiritual uh, connection to God. Um, working on a label, though. Definitely a work in progress on a label.
0: <laughs> That's okay we are all about that That, that's totally yeah um okay so uh thank you for sharing that and we are talking about the last jedi today through the theme of knowledge um so i'm really happy that you are the one talking about the last jedi because i know that you like it right
1: yes i love the last jedi come for me haters but I do love
0: it (laughs) so I I completely agree I this is actually I have a relatively unpopular Star Wars opinion and this is my favorite Star Wars movie I think it's um I just think that it's not only is it like incredibly beautiful I think it's one of the most beautiful movies um but also like I just think that it has really poignant lessons and it was really impactful for me um so I just wanted to ask you just right off of the bat, where are some, just something that you saw that you immediately was like, and that's a good example of knowledge or something that you noticed?
1: Um, I think that when I first, so I watched this a couple days ago to get ready for um, going on this podcast. And I asked myself what, um, so I kind of took it as a character by character analysis. I asked myself what each character was learning about it. themselves, about their place in their in the story, you know, or even something as simple as you know, like don't you know, don't kill random people to accomplish your goals, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Um, and so I I looked and I took notes of of all the major characters and some minor characters. Um, what they were learning by what they learned by the end of the episode and how that changed um, their character arc, how it changed how they treated people, how, how they talked to people, how they viewed their role in all of this. Um, But I think that the overlying thing of learning and knowledge, I think it's learning to pick yourself back up after you fail. I think it's, I think it's that knowledge that, oh my goodness, it, it completely changes the, the characters so many characters in here from from luke to finn to poe to to even leia i think that oh and especially don't even get me started on ray don't even (laughs) get me started on ray i think that that this knowledge of them figuring out that they they have definitely messed up but that that is not the end that there is a way for them to change and to to grow from these experiences. I think it's very powerful.
0: I completely agree. So I actually, this is something that I think is really important, and I wrote down about this. Um, So when I first watched this movie, the line that stuck out the most to me was Kylo Ren saying, let the past die, kill it if you have to, right? Like, that was Mm -hmm. something that was so... um, impactful to me, and I took that as, like, the message of the movie. Like, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. You you just let it go. You move on. But that's actually not true. The message of the movie is actually what Yoda says. He says that failure is the greatest teacher. And that, I, I think that you hit it right on the head right at the beginning, that, that really everybody in this movie experiences some sort of failure, and they have to learn that they can overcome that, that that's something that is... Um, that's something they can learn from like you said and i i also did the same thing i wrote down character by character what i think that they learned and like how they were failing and what that changed for them so i'm really excited let's just i think that we can just do that let's go character by character and just talk about what we think that they learned who do you want to start with i'm so down (laughs) i'm so down let's start with the bad boy himself poe dameron (laughs) okay I, um, a lot of people got really upset with Poe and the Holdo dynamic and, like, um, but I thought that that was such a good example of, like, of reframing sexism and helping to, like, tear down those gender roles, and I, I loved that aspect of things.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I... Oh, my goodness. The Poe by the end of The Last Jedi is a complete 180 of the Poe at the very beginning when he's starting the bombing run on the Dreadnought. Yes. The Poe, then, is reckless. He's ambitious. He's, I don't want to say selfish, but definitely not as considerate of others and especially their lives, as Leia definitely scolds him on later on in the movie. Um, I think that Poe's greatest accomplishment is learning to value human life
0: oh, and learning that. to value teamwork. I, I think didn't... that
1: when he at the very beginning, when he's like, "This is our opportunity to you know blow up a ship or whatever," Leia's not thinking that, and Leia's been in more battles than Poe has at this point. You know, Leia's Leia's done so many more uh, more things. She's more concerned about the pilots. Right. The the pilots of the bombers, she's more concerned about that. And Poe is like, you know, let's, let's blow up this ship.
0: I think it's really interesting that, so at the beginning, um, when I was thinking about knowledge, like Poe is talented. He's skilled. He has a lot of knowledge. He has a lot of experience, but that knowledge, um, instead of making him like, decisive and precise. And like you said, like taking into consideration all aspects, not just like logistical things. He also, um, he, he becomes overconfident, right? Like that's the thing that, um, that kind of, uh, takes him down as, is, is he overestimates his abilities in doing things and his knowledge. And so I thought that that was an interesting, um, like combination that, that, Sometimes knowledge leads us to think that we know better. And that, and so I just thought, or what do you think about that, about, about how those things can be tied together?
1: I agree with you. Yeah, I definitely think that, um, I think it's different to, to think you know too much about something versus claiming that you, you know too much about something. I think that one of those leads to humility. I think another, and the other one leads to pride. And yeah. we know that, that a prideful individual will not uh, be as much use to society as one who is teachable and humble. Obviously, um, I think Poe's greatest um, adversary, you could say, in this isn't Snoke. It's not uh, the First Order. It's Admiral Holdo, yes. as <laughs> we see later on, um, who is absolutely the antithesis of of who Poe is at that moment. She's a very soft spoken humble um a very intelligent woman and obviously laura dern my little gay heart was <laughs> burst into flames when i saw laura dern we love her in that purple wig we love you laura dern um, <laughs> the best. i think that <laughs> and, and the thing is is she knew what she was doing the whole time yeah. but she was smart enough to not show her hand right she didn't yeah. want to to cause a panic or anything she knew the end game. She knew what she had to do from the very beginning. And I think that is that kind of knowledge, quietly working behind the scenes to better everyone else. That's, that's very admirable.
0: I agree. I I think that I, I really love Holdo and I love everything that she represents and stands for. And I think that that's really, um, for me, Poe's lesson was probably the one that I found most relatable to be able to, because it really is about that humility, being able to realize that it doesn't, like, you you really shouldn't be thinking that you know everything about a situation. You should always be like, what more can I learn? What more can I do? How can I reach out to others? And I think that that's the Poe not being willing to be collaborative like that and to be trusting and hopeful that there's something that he is not learning I I think that that really it's really devastating he also seems to have like the biggest consequences right like there are people that die because of him and so I really think that that's I I completely agree it's it's a really important lesson
1: oh yes yes I think that it makes him a better leader by the end of this where he definitely emerges by the end of the whole thing you know when even that scene where uh you know before ray is moving the Force rocks or whatever and they're trying to find a way out of the cabin or cavern yeah (laughs) and um and uh, um and you know he's like saying let's go this way and they all look at leia and she's like what are you looking at you know like go follow him i think that he definitely grows into his own by the end of this movie as a result
0: of that i completely agree i think that um So I actually wrote down that, um, so Finn's, uh, we can talk about Finn next, but something that I think that is fascinating is that there's that moment with Rose, um, and she says, that's how we're going to win, not by fighting the things that we hate, but by saving the things that we love. And I actually think that Poe, like, that's also kind of reflective of what Poe learns, right? Like, it's no longer that he is like, I have to defeat the Dreadnought, I have to defeat the First Order he's saying, like, we need to make sure that we are preserving life. Like you said, that we're we're helping the people that are here now, like, we need to save them. And so I thought that that was an interesting tie-in between those two um, kind of roles or, or um, lines of thought um, that they they connected that way.
1: Yeah, and I think that in the end, I mean, what's going to differentiate the rebellion from the First Order if they don't care for human life either? I mean, we already yeah. know that... First order doesn't care for you know the welfare of their of their soldiers of their officers. I mean, Kylo Ren kills like how many officers throughout the course of this entire series? You know, yeah. like I mean, it's I don't think that you know that it would not differentiate themselves that much from the first order if if they were just throwing soldiers into the fire. I think Rose's comment is very poignant and very relevant by the end of that movie, where instead of you know killing everyone that's left, they decide to save what they can and and get out of
0: there. Yeah. You're right. What So, one last thing that I wrote down about Poe that I want to talk about. So, Poe is probably the one that refuses the most to, like, learn the lessons that are provided to him. Like, Holdo and Leia and everybody around him are really trying to teach him and to, like, help him understand what he should be doing and help him learn. And so obviously those lessons that he's learning are really important, but it made me kind of wonder, um, is there ever a time when it's important for us to refuse knowledge? Like what knowledge could harm us or scar us that, and, and is it ever beneficial to refuse it? Like it, it, should we just always be accepting of knowledge? And even though it's maybe devastating or hurtful, like, does it always end in it being better for us? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I would, I would argue that I think all knowledge is fair game, but I think that in order to sift through it, I mean, especially in our, in, in the political scene uh, where I work, I think that it's, it's incredibly important to have, um, some sort of moral, uh, compass guiding you. Um, you have to have moral attributes, you have to search for, um, you have to sift through, the, the the slander, the, the opinions you have to find the facts live underneath it right. Yeah so I think that I think that you could say that knowledge in and of itself is about like all of it isn't bad. It's just going to be it's just a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot to sift through. And I think that it definitely requires you to have some sort of you have to have an inner compass, an inner moral system to help you sift through um what is what is good what is helpful and what is damaging
0: um, I, I love that i i didn't think about because there is really kind of like a hierarchy of knowledge right like there are some things that are going to be more important for us to know and some things that don't matter so i really sure. I, I love that yeah um so let's talk about finn now what did you think about his whole thread that's probably one of the most unpopular ones in the movie
1: <laughs> oh Finn, oh no i i also yes i'll say it. i think i had a problem with finn's finn's character in this in this movie i think he went from his primary what to say his his primary drive was to keep ray safe at the very beginning right like his whole thing was i need to get off this ship with the cloaking beacon so ray doesn't come back and isn't annihilated by the first order that's his whole thing yeah um and of course there's the debates as to whether that's selfish i think he's abandoning everyone but he's also doing it for ray um i think that he learns Finn learns that in, in big decisions like this when it comes to you can't flee you have to pick a side yeah i think that that's what finn learns this movie he goes from being we can't win we need to run away and just kind of leave don't, don't join. don't join the fight run away to his over eagerness at the very end to, you know let's keep going let's let's keep fighting you know his i think that it culminates in his willingness to sacrifice himself at the end of the movie for a cause that Until recently, he wasn't 100% on board with, because he knew that they were up against the greatest military machine in the universe, right? Yeah. So I think that his ability to go from, you know, like a wishy-washy, I'm not quite sure about this, like, we're gonna lose, like, what's the point of fighting, to I'm willing to die for this cause. I think that is one of the biggest flips in the movie,
0: Yes, I, I completely agree. and I think the the exact same thing. I wrote down almost word for word what what you did. My I guess my question is, so I really love that the ideas for Finn are passed down from Rose and DJ, right? Like you have DJ that is basically telling Finn exactly what he has thought in the past. Like if they're if you don't want to get involved and you don't want to f- uh, feel like you are doing wrong, then don't join the fight. That's the that's yep. like low key why his name is DJ. It stands for don't join. But you have Rose, who is like there is a right and a wrong, and you need to be on you need to make that choice because there are really important things at stake. So my my question is why does Finn choose to listen to the knowledge that Rose presents to him? Like obviously he has experiences with Rose and everything that she is doing. But he also has experiences with the things that DJ is presenting. And that's also, like, everything that he's ever known, right? Like, he's always been running from the for- First Order ever since he decided not to be a st- stormtrooper anymore. So why do you think he chose what Rose was presenting?
1: I think Rose had a very compelling emotional argument to Finn. And it was all about... And I know this is going to sound quite cheesy, but I do believe that her underlying argument is, is love. And it's about you know, saving those who we love. And I think that DJ's argument of run away and hide isn't going to protect those you love. And of course there's the whole argument of does Finn love Ray? Does, <laughs> yeah. does he love Ray in a romantic way? Does he love her as a sister, as a friend? You know, like but we I think we can all agree that that Ray is very is probably one of the most significant people in, in Finn's life since he comes from such a terrible background of, of kidnapping and brainwashing. Um, I think that his desire to keep Ray safe coincides with Rose's fierce love for her sister and her sacrifice at the very beginning of the film, and and, and by Rose's ability to to turn that into like a, a persuasive argument for Finn to do the things that he does, I think that is is very it is more powerful than anything DJ could have said. It appeals to his to Finn's core. It appeals to his, his moral system. Of of who he is, and I think that that is something that is beyond is beyond a rational discussion. If that makes sense, hopefully yeah. that makes sense.
0: No, that does make sense. I think that's beautiful. I I really love. um, I don't know. I I just love that that really is the root of it. Is is the love, right? Like f- being able to figure those things out. And I think that it's interesting that, um, I mean, kind of in like debate and in arguments a lot of people will say that like you need to keep emotion out of things right and you need to be really um fact oriented and 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 logical and i really think that that's not true because if you're um i i think that like you've kind of alluded to if you're making decisions without a moral compass or without something that that is personal to you and and meaningful to you then i don't really think that there's like a point to making decisions if it's not going to end in something that is important to you. And I think that you're absolutely right. I think that
1: people, I mean, I go back to the political realm because that's where I'm comfortable, that's where I work. People don't necessarily always look for, you know, a rational argument. They look for stuff that appeals to their emotions. They look for, they, they look for the stuff that makes them angry. They look for the stuff that makes them happy. They look for the stuff that makes them scared um, those are those are infinitely more powerful than someone discussing like a tax code with you. You know, like the, it's yeah. the short one-liners that we see in political ads and um, and in the political conversation. And those are infinitely more powerful than um, someone discussing policy. As much as I love policy discussions, <laughs> it's at the end of the day, it's it's the one-liners that get people's attention, and people like that. People like to. To know that that their fears are understood, that their emotions are heard, I think that that is a very, very powerful way. And so it's no wonder that Finn um, is is more swayed
0: by Rose's knowledge than by DJ's uh, persuasions. Yeah, that's fascinating. I never thought about that. Um, okay, so I think we should move on to our more uh, force-sensitive friends here. Um uh, <laughs> um oh, yes. i want to talk about um i i think that luke skywalker kylo kylo ren or slash ben solo and ray are very very interconnected in this movie they there's a lot of um interaction and play between all those characters so they're really linked together but um i i've really found ray a lot more fascinating in this movie at first kylo ren i think is he's obviously always very compelling he's very interesting But in this movie, um, having, uh, watched, um, I watched the, the Force Awakens, um, and then this directly after it, and watching them so close together, there was a, a great fear that I did not see before in Rey. Like, she, she is craving this knowledge, she's so excited and, like, dependent upon Luke, but it's because she's scared of herself. Like, there's this powerful thing inside of her, she doesn't quite know what it is or how to control it, or or what it's even capable of and what it makes her capable of. And I found that that, um, that fear is a very interesting motivator for her story and her failures.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Ray. Oh, I just wanted to give her a hug at the very (laughs) beginning when she is, you know, near tears. Luke has asked her several times, why are you here? She replies with a little one-liner, you know, the resistance sent me Luke isn't buying it. Um, and I can only imagine, she's just discovered, you know, this th- this part of her that, like you, know, like you said, has always been there, but now it's awake, and she's afraid. She doesn't know what it is, or what to do with it, and she needs help. Like, how, how that is so brutally honest about something that is so scary. Um, but here it is, motivating her to seek counsel from literally the only person in the universe, except maybe Leia, but who knows about that. <laughs>
0: um who who knows about this right yeah i think that that
1: is it's incredibly powerful um i relate a lot to what she said where she's just like this has always been here with me but now it's awake and she doesn't know what to do um i remember when i was starting to come to terms with like my sexuality coming from a very conservative religious background it was terrifying i was so so scared I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. There weren't any prominent, you know, gay people in my life in 2015. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I had a lot of relatives that were very upset with the recent legalization of, of same sex marriage in the United States. And it was, it was terrifying. I didn't know who to go to. And eventually I had to, you have to face these things by yourself. You have to come to terms with this by yourself. That knowledge is there.
0: You just have to dig and find it. Yeah, and I think that what Ray does is brave.
1: It's insane. She knows that she's changing her life forever by facing this. instead of rejecting it or suppressing it, she is doing something that will change her life and arguably 100% for the better.
0: Yes. did you I, I really love everything that you said and I, I really I felt the the same way. And I was wondering if like did, was it empowering? to be able to finally, like, because Ray has this huge transformation where she goes from someone that's really scared and really um, just kind of directionless. She doesn't know what to do with it. And then at the end of the film, like, she is calling the shots. She is making things happen because she has uh, embraced this part of her and she's able to have all of this power that she did not, um, that she used to be too scared to use. Do you feel like that has been... um something that you have experienced in your journey and being in coming into terms with, um, every part of you and, and including your sexuality and, and all of that.
1: Okay. So this is what, and watching this movie helped reinforce it. I don't felt, I didn't feel empowered. I felt balanced.
0: Oh, I felt
1: more stable than I had in my entire life. I felt like I wasn't living a lie that was leading me off balance. That was kind of making me feel lopsided in my emotions and how I treated people. It was a balance. And I felt more like, like I said, grounded. I felt like I could do more with my life by embracing that part of who I was. Um, and, you know, I'm going to bring it up. And it's exactly what Ray felt. Yes. Ray felt a balance. She felt an energy. She felt a force. She felt like she saw the movie. She saw life, she saw decay, she saw warmth, she saw cold, she saw peace, she saw violence. I think that it is because of this realization, excuse me, that she could finally understand and broaden her scope of emotions and rationality, like both her both her logic and her emotions. She is a more balanced individual because of her embracing this part of who she is.
0: I think that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I I That's so... So well, incredibly I guess I, tender. I'm not a regular on this podcast. <laughs> yes, and you are. But really, thank you so much for sharing that. That is so incredibly beautiful. And I I mean, in our um in the job that I work in, we work with a lot of um a lot of people that come from difficult backgrounds. And we have worked with a lot of um specifically we've worked with a lot of people who are transgender. And I I just I would encourage anybody that has any form of of bias or or difficulty in understanding to spend time with people that are different and that are a part of those communities because having spent time with people of the L G B T Q community um, and all that that encompasses has been the most beautiful and eye opening thing to me and I, I I feel as if I also have had that kind of eye opening experience and in, in helping helping people to really become and, and step into their power of understanding who they are. And I just, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, so on the flip side of this, we have um, Kylo Ren, Mr. Shirtless <laughs> Wonder. <laughs> yes. A lot of warm fuzzies and now uh, yeah. turning to this. Um, but I thought, so I was trying really hard to think of like what his failure was. I feel like it's pretty clear with everybody else, but I think that his failure was him thinking that killing his father would fix everything and he failed because it did not fix everything. Um, and I thought that it's really interesting because everybody else, they kind of figure out like something beautiful and interesting uh, inside of them. But Kylo Ren kind of instead notices that like, oh, like it never really was about me. It was always about the fact that Snoke is this manipulative, abusive relationship in my life and I have to get rid of him. And so I, I thought it was a really interesting difference um, between, it wasn't so much, I mean, like it was internal, but, but it, was, it was a lot more about external uh, forces.
1: Yeah. I think that Kylo Ren's folly in in this movie is that he really fell fear fell to his fear and his anger that had been festering inside of him and that we learned more about um in this movie as a result of his confrontation with luke skywalker i think that snoke just stoked that flame and he like what snoke said is uh, says at the very beginning of the film when Kylo approaches him in the throne room and Snoke says, you know, your soul is split to the bone. Yeah. I think that Kylo Ren is a very emotionally unstable individual in this movie. Yes. I think he doesn't know what he wants until the very few, you know, last 20 or 30 minutes of the movie when he, he decides that, you know, he wants to, he wants the reins of the, the first uh, order. I think that, because of that, he's allowed himself to be compromised to his fear, his, his irrational hatred of his family. Um, and I think that that is what really hinders him from learning more about um, his potential. Yeah. I think that it's, it's his falling prey to the, the manipulations. But you can't throw it all on Snow. A lot of it is, is himself. I think he's a very insecure character in this movie, which makes him easily hateable by the audience. Um, but I think it's a very, he's a very complex character that, that I don't even know how to explain it. I think that he, he just does not realize his potential in this movie because of his, he's allowing his emotions to cloud his judgment.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that the, that's something that I really loved about this movie is that at the beginning, Kylo Ren really is like just a silly boy in a mask, right? Like he's just, he's trying to be a baddie and he's trying to um, to do all these things that are really intense and crazy. But at the end of the day, like he doesn't have his heart in it. It's not, it's not real. It's not, it doesn't have purpose behind it. And at the end, when he is able to make his own decision and he's like, I killed Snoke because like I chose to kill Snoke. That's really when he kind of has that, um, he steps into that power. But even then he's still, he still has all of these festering emotions about Luke and about that whole story. And so there's there's a lot going on with him, <laughs> um, but yeah. something that I wanted to point out um, there's there's um, so Ray and Kylo Ren have this this little, I love it when they call it a Force FaceTime, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they they keep confronting each other and talking to each other, and it's really interesting because it kind of serves the purpose of like humanizing Kylo Ren, right? Like we we start to kind of get a little bit of an inside uh, an insight into his day-to-day life and what he's going through but something that i found interesting is that ray so like when ray first sees him or whatever she's like you're a monster you filthy monster terrible person i hate you and he's like yep like you definitely think that i am like like she's just like railing on him and at first i was like is this knowledge from her of being like yes Kylo Ren is a monster or is it actually a form of denial like does she know like that there's more to him but she is scared that like if she does see him as a human and as a person that that will like lessen her intent to be able to destroy him does that make sense
1: yeah I think that she's afraid to hear his side of the story, right? Because up to this point, he has just been the villain. He has been Ray's nemesis. Well, turns out to be Ray's nemesis or whatever. At the end of um, the end of movie seven, I think that she is afraid to learn from him because he's claiming to know all of this stuff about Ray, about her parents, about her heritage. I think that she's just very. And, of course, she's mad at him because he kills Han Solo, who obviously Rey has a kind of parental affection for um, by the end of, of that first movie in the trilogy. But I think that, yeah, she just is afraid to to see what he knows. She's afraid of the unknown. I mean, Kylo Ren is, yeah, the baddie. He's the dark side. He represents all that Rey is against. And I think that it is this uncertainty
0: that definitely drives her animosity towards him yeah i i completely agree with that i i think that um so we brought up kind of the the stories that are told about how kylo ren became kylo ren and i think it's really interesting that we hear the exact same story three different times from different perspectives one is a lie or at least a partial lie the other is a truth, but from a malicious, uh, point of view. And then the final one is, um, the true story from Luke's perspective. And so I found it really interesting that like, like there's, um, kind of, there's that phrase, like truth is in the eye of the beholder. Right. And in, in reality, all three of the stories were true but, um, but they were they they were different. There was a different intent. There was a different story that was being told. And I just I thought it was a really interesting um look into how stories can be spun, right? And how they can be how they can be told with different intent. And I just I, I thought it was a really, really fascinating way to kind of look at the world. And it really made me think about um <laughs> about political stuff, right? Like there's a lot of different ways that a single story can be told. And it, it just made me wonder kind of like, what is the purpose of truth if the truth can be conveyed in different ways?
1: Oof, that's a good question. I think that it's, you're exactly right. I think that it can be spun, it can be peddled in any different direction that the teller wants it to go, right? You can, you can start off with some incredible story and spin it into how it's a national catastrophe. I think that... Um, the, the storytelling by by um by Kylo Ren and by Luke, both they both want to be seen as the good guy. They both want to be seen as the innocent party here. Yeah. And Ray is like, well they they both can't be right. I mean she's a smart girl. She's like they both can't be right. They mean Luke can't be an assassin in the night and, you know, Kylo can't be this like innocent guy like and or it can't be flipped. He can't be this like budding, you know, Darth Sidious like perpetrator hiding in the Jedi Temple and Luke is the benevolent, you know,
0: yeah,
1: you know what i whatever I'm trying to say. <laughs> and <laughs> and um and I think that she she's learning for herself that Luke Skywalker, who whom he even himself refers to as the legend of Luke Skywalker, he's not so perfect. He doesn't have all the answers. And I think that and in order for Ray to get the full story she has to literally ask the dark side for, for their version of events. and for her, So for her to get the full truth, or I guess you could say, quote-unquote, the truth of what happened that night, you have to get both sides of the story. There is literally no other way to do that. Yeah. You have to get the, the perpetrator, the quote-unquote perpetrator, the quote-unquote defendant, and you have to piece together the facts from those two.
0: So I, I really think I've been talking a lot, um, just with various people in my life about how I really wish that, um, if I could make one change in the collective knowledge of everyone in the world, I think it would be changing, um, the, the tendency to think in black and white to thinking on spectrums. Right. And I think that, um, cause I, I really loved what you said and I've never thought about it that way that In reality, if they had just both told the truth of the story and both said, like, if Kylo Ren had said, I was due like, I, I had things in my heart. Like, I had doubts and I had, I had problems, but Luke Skywalker had his lightsaber ignited in front of me and I couldn't handle that. Like, that was this person that's supposed to take care of me and they were turning on me. And on the flip side, you can have Luke Skywalker being like, I, I had a, a duty to protect these, these people and this this thing that was so important to the galaxy. And I chose to do something wrong to protect that. And I think that if everybody had already, you know, embraced that balance, that there is good in everybody, but there's also evil, like there, there are people do terrible things. If they had all been able to embrace that, then this probably wouldn't be an issue, right? Um, and I think that that's kind of uh, turning back to, to Ray and her story, Ray's story is all about finding that balance, realizing that the Jedi did have flaws because they refused to acknowledge that there was like instead of saying there is good and evil inside of everybody and it's important that we find the balance to that and find the useful and unuseful things of 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 both of those sides. And instead they said shove the dark down, never look at it, never think about it, never find it. And, uh-huh. and that didn't work, right? Like, it wasn't successful. And I think that that's really, this is a huge lesson for Ray, that had both of those people, had, had both Ben Solo and Luke Skywalker been able to see both sides of those, of the same coin inside of themselves and been able to, you know, embrace that, then they would have been able to work through those things. I think that's very fascinating.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. And I think that, it's, it's a commentary on, on hasty generalizations as well. I think yeah. that it's so easy. It would have been so easy for Ray to just say, you're absolutely right, Luke. There is no way that, you know, you can be wrong, and there's no way that Kylo can be telling the truth. Just like, But then Luke spins that, and he says, you know, from the mistakes that the Jedi committed in the past, they should not be allowed to continue, that the Jedi Order should die with him as a result of their past sins. And Rey does not immediately jump on board with that. She sees the Jedi as the tool needed to bring down um, the First Order to restore the Republic. Um, so she's immediately, she questions that. And I'm I'm grateful for her character being that intuitive and, and smart and knowing that there's no way that, you know, this all, one side can't all be good and one side can't all be bad. There There's definitely, like you said, it's a spectrum. There's there's individuals in between who don't fall on either
0: side. I something that when you were talking I, I just realized. So I was always really confused at like um about how Luke had kind of reached the conclusion that the Jedi needed to end and I think I'm just realizing now that it's it's not that he even necessarily believes that. And we see that later when he goes to like light the tree on fire, right? And it has all the information about the Jedi and he's scared to do it. He can't bring himself to do it. And it's because I think that he knows deep down that the Jedi are necessary. Like that is something that needs to happen. But he, because of, he is so ashamed of his actions and because he kind of is not willing to take accountability for them. Right. Like Mm -hmm. instead of saying, I made that mistake and I should not have done it. He says the Jedi have, uh, they're a flawed organization. They are, not supposed to be around in the galaxy and they need to be destroyed and I think that that is a really like a a really intense um commentary that that's something that I can take into into my life and realizing that we have to be accountable for those actions and eventually we do see that happen we see Kylo Ren face down with Luke Skywalker or rather his force projection and Luke is able to finally say like I'm sorry like I I made a mistake and it was a huge mistake and like that's that's on me and I think that when he does that that's when he really fully and totally becomes a jedi like that's when he is that successful jedi does that make sense
1: oh yes I yeah I definitely agree with you I think that it's in that moment that he's finally able to release that guilt and shame that he has had for his failure for and I mean I think it's debatable as to how much of that is Luke's fault? Yeah, obviously we know that by then Snoke had done a lot of damage to Ben Solo, had done a lot of damage to his little, as the other individuals that were there as well. So I, I think that it's it's kind of silly for Luke to take all the blame on himself. But obviously up to that point he had been known as a legend. So for him to mess up, it must have been a pretty big mess up for him <laughs> to to, you know, throw himself into exile. I think that Luke's and I, I think that this goes into a lot of, you know, how how the movie ends with Luke what you know, just kind of fading away, embracing the force, um, was finally him reaching that connection. Yeah. By releasing that guilt and pain and embracing
0: that balance. I I think that's totally right. I love that. I I just really I did not Um, I always, I always kind of thought of this movie as talking about balance, but never in the ways that I am seeing it now. And I think it's really, really, um, just beautiful to being able to, to kind of, I don't know, see that balance inside ourselves, inside of others and, and really embrace that. I think it's beautiful. I love
1: it too.
0: Um, so one of the last things that I like to do is now that you and I have watched this movie, we've we've talked about it, we've discussed it, what is something that you want to take away from this and try to implement into your own life?
1: I think that there's a lot that we can learn from the last Jedi. I think that there is there's a lot of character development we can learn from. There's a lot of, you know, picking yourself up and moving forward. Um, I honestly, I think that I relate the most to, to Ray in this movie. I think that it's all about figuring out what, finding that knowledge that can improve your life and that can come from a source that is unlikely. Um, I think that Ray probably didn't, she probably knew this part of herself for a very long time and she probably didn't suspect that she would find answers from luke skywalker on an island in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nowhere galaxy basically like in a chart that was like purposely hidden so that he couldn't be found i think that that is and she finds she's just a regular kid from Jack who i mean now we know she's not but like at the time that's who she thought she was Was she just was a nobody she was a a scavenger and I think that you know we're all ordinary people we all have our own journeys to go on I think and we don't know all the answers now and I'm sure we all have questions inside of us about how things will turn out we're worried about things we're we're scared about things we you know we have reservations about things and there's so much going on in the world that we have um that will make us question that question our faith question what we believe in um, and I think that Ray's determination, her tenacity to find those answers, you know, her willingness to go down in that dark hole on the island after Luke warned her of that place, explicitly warned her, her willingness to go down into that place to find answers, even though she didn't get any, the, the, her determination to find answers is something that I want to to implement i want to be more driven in my quest for learning i want to learn more i want to i want to understand both sides of an issue before i make an opinion i want to i want to know why some people believe the way they do because i think we can all learn from each other i think that the last jedi shows that there are characters that are learning things from other characters that they have nothing in common with whether it's poe and holdo or uh, Ray and Luke Skywalker, who who we I mean they are somewhat similar, but really they're they're very different. Yeah. They're very different from each other. Um, Finn and Rose, I mean these polar opposites. You know, rationality versus versus faith versus love. I think that they they meet and they learn from each other. I think that there are people out there that we have yet to meet in our lives that will probably have a big impact in one way or another. Fingers crossed that for me, it's a good looking man that <laughs> might be my husband one day that will help us see a part of the world that we didn't see before yeah. or maybe took, didn't take for granted. And I'm grateful that Ray was able to teach me that in, in her little quest that she did on the island. Um, and then and now as we move on to the last movie and her in her desperateness to to reach out to that part of Ben Solo that's still there, that she thinks she can still touch. So I hope to learn to keep learning. Yeah. To put it shortly.
0: <laughs> I love that. I I I want to I guess mine kind of echoes what you said, but I want to be able to to take that time on that island to be able to learn what I need to learn. To then be able to be balanced enough to go help and, and do, uh, do things with other people, right? Like I want to, I want to be able to do the work that I need to with myself to be able to more successfully be the best human that I can possibly be. So I, I just, I really, yeah, I just really loved that. Joe, I cannot thank you enough. I have learned so much. Uh, (laughs) that's, (laughs) pun intended i guess for having this be about knowledge but i just i really appreciate you being so so open and sharing so many beautiful things with with me and with all the people that listen to this i really appreciate it
1: it was my honor i love this movie i love you i'm grateful for this experience i had a great time
0: i did too we'll have to have you come back again (laughs) yes let's do it. thanks I hope that all of you are doing well, and I'll see you soon.